guys, welcome back to the Starring Milana podcast where we try to build understanding in this crazy world one conversation at a time. This podcast is released every Monday, hashtag Milana Monday, and this is season five, episode five, and we have three segments here. The first one is called Talkworthy, where we pick a few things going on in the media and try to offer a new or different perspective. The second segment is called Dropping Gems, where we pick a topic of the week and we drop a few gems and the third segment is called bts where we recap my past week any exciting encounters um any new finds and of course a great tv recap if you're listening via podcast apps make sure to subscribe leave a rating and a review and remember there's a visual to this podcast visit youtube.com forward slash starring milana make sure to subscribe this give this video a thumbs up and leave a comment. Also, you can follow me on Instagram at Starring Milana. In this week's episode, we're talking about Jeff Bezos' yacht problems, Whoopi Goldberg's comments about the Holocaust, the Tinder swindler, and how to give and get advice. Warning, please bear with me today. Um, I have had a crazy week, and I'm going to talk about it later in BTS, but usually I pre-record and I edit this, and I have enough time to turn it over. Um, Not this week. It's Sunday night, almost 10 p.m. I have to record. I have to edit both video and audio. I have to upload and distribute um, all tonight, so it's going to be a long night for me, but I'll get into why later on the BTS, but just bear with me today because I am just exhausted and weirdly like restless, um, but we're going to get through it. I am going to release tomorrow, rain or shine, so here we go. Let's get straight into the talkworthy segment. ABC suspended Whoopi Goldberg following her comments about the Holocaust. She said the Holocaust was not based on race, but about man's inhumanity to man, telling her co-host, this is white people doing it to white people, so y'all gonna have to fight amongst yourselves. She She then said on the late show with Stephen Colbert, the Nazis issue was with ethnicity and not race. She said, as a black person, I see race as something that I, I can see. She said that she sees you and she knows what you are. John Greenblatt of Anti-Defamation League responded, No, Whoopi, the Holocaust was about Nazi systematic annihilation of the Jew- Jewish people who they deemed to be an inferior race. They dehumanized them and used this racist propaganda to justify slaughtering 6 million Jews. Um... Okay, so let me tell you why. Let me tell you why I don't believe this suspension was warranted. I don't think that Whoopi is necessarily anti-Semitic. I don't think she said anything anti-Semitic, and I definitely don't think that she is a Holocaust denier. I also keep seeing articles about her downplaying the Holocaust, and I really don't think that this is what that is. Um, I do think that she might be in- misinformed and confused, and I think there's actually. A lot of people who might feel the same way. Um, I think that a lot of people in this country see race the same way as her. And uh, race is typically broken up into these categories. Um, White, African-American, Asian, American Indian, and Pacific Islander. So I understand why she would make a comment like that or why she would believe this. Um, In her eyes, the Jews fall into the white category. And therefore, what which makes sense what she said, she's saying that the Jews are white, technically they're a white race, and the Germans are a white race. So it's like white people doing it to white people, according to Whoopi. It is clear that the Nazis identify the Jews as an inferior race um, compared to the Aryan superior race, right? So um, we know that and we believe that, but there's a lot of people who are misinformed across this country, I think, and maybe even across the world in regards to the Holocaust. 
And I do believe it's dangerous to distort information like this and you have to quickly clarify it, which she did try to do. But I don't believe that the suspension was the right decision. I think that ABC made a huge mistake. I think that they could have used this as a teachable moment instead of kind of sending her to, I don't know, time out for two weeks and coming back and acting like nothing happened. I think that they definitely should have used this time to educate not only her, but honestly the rest of America because I do think a lot of people maybe confused, maybe feel the same way, or just maybe don't know, don't think about it, don't consider it. I think that it's always good to raise awareness, especially about something so horrific like the a Holocaust. So yeah, I definitely think that instead of taking it for what it was, um, misinformation, confusion, maybe ignorance on what piece part, I think that's a huge missed opportunity by ABC and it's definitely not very productive. Speaking of misinformed, there's been a lot of cancellation talk about Joe Rogan. So this began after Neil Young saw a letter from teachers, scientists, and medical professionals urging Spotify to address what they deemed false information about COVID-19 vaccines in Joe Rogan's podcast. According to the Wall Street Journal, Spotify, which has been the exclusive home of the Joe Rogan experience since the streaming giant reportedly paid $100 million for the pleasure in 2020, has taken a lot of heat from people accusing Rogan's show of spreading misinformation about COVID-19 and vaccines, among many other things. Musicians like Neil Young, Joni Mitchell, and NDRE have pulled their music from the platform in protest, and Rogan himself has apologized to Spotify over the backlash it's facing while also defending his show. Um, you know, I think it's tough as a media company, YouTube, Facebook, Spotify, Apple, you're somewhere between like safety for the consumers and really just, you know, being open and giving your creators the ability to have their own opinions, um, and their own freedom of speech and having their voices heard. Um, so something also important to know is Spotify doesn't produce Joe Rogan's show. They are not involved in the creative process. They are not involved in what he says. They're not involved with the guests. They don't approve or disapprove of anything. Um, they don't even review the shows, shows before they go out. Maybe that was their deal when they signed um, the contract. I'm sure Joe Rogan wanted to maintain full control, and he still does. So Spotify doesn't actually have any... Um, ability to approve or disapprove of uh, his what who he brings on and the topics that he talks about. Which I think is the right thing to do because, you know, it's really giving him the opportunity and the freedom to do what he is supposed to do and what he's being paid to do. And it gives him the creative freedom. And obviously, you know, what he's been doing has been working. He's like the top podcast in the world. So I could, uh, you know, only understand why Spotify would agree to a deal like that. So at the end of the day, they are a platform, they're just a hub where people get their content from, where they get their media form, they are not the show or the voice of the majority by any means. Um, and I also, I think he's also misinformed. I think that Joe Rogan is definitely misinformed. I think that he believes in having conversations like many other people with um, different people of opposing with opposing um, perspectives. And I think that it's important because it builds conversations and understanding on both points of views and he does that very well but I think in particular to COVID he might be slightly misinformed and um yeah I don't I don't think that he is balanced enough in the conversations that he having that he's having and he actually apologized for that he also said that he needs to balance out um this his controversial guests and topics with the opposing perspective so that his listeners get a more balanced perspective and he is aware that he probably needs to do that more so if anything good came out of this is that he now needs to create a more balanced roster of guests and topics
So Daniel Eck of Spotify, he's a CEO, he stated, there are many things that Joe Rogan says that I strongly disagree with and find very offensive. However, he is the number one podcaster in the world by a wide margin. If you want even a shot at achieving our bold ambitions, it will mean having content on Spotify that many of us may not be proud to be associated with. He also said, silencing Joe Rogan is not the answer. Canceling is a slippery slope when he was asked about the video that resurfaced of Joe Rogan saying the N-word. So it just sounds like to me a little bit of like selling your soul to the devil vibes, but I do agree with him. I do think that canceling Joe Rogan is not the answer. I think that maybe this kind of pressure that's been put on him now is good because he is now more aware of um, the other side and the other um, and the need to really balance out what you're putting out there um, to provide better conversations to not be so sloppy or so reckless with something so serious like COVID when you're bringing on people who are maybe conspiracy theorists or people who have really far right opinions and even if with people who have are far left so I think that when you're going to do that you have to bring in someone who's going to balance out the conversation and if anything good came out of it it's that he now understands that um because honestly, I don't really know what else Spotify can do without censoring their creators. And it is kind of taking um, this, you know, like freedom of speech of a creator away. Again, I understand that they are a huge um, platform. They um, have a lot of listeners. They have responsibility to their listeners. But they also are somewhere in the middle with trying to satisfy the consumer's and give them a safe space while also allowing their creators to have free speech, have their own opinions, have their freedom to create and talk about the things that they want to talk about. Um, so I think that their next step, which they are doing, is really placing a warning on episodes that may have some triggers or may have any, any form of misinformation. So I think that that is the natural next step for Spotify and they are doing it. The last thing I want to talk about is some first world problem shit it is Jeff Bezos and his massive yacht. Um, so I saw the headline. I saw, so I saw two headlines this week and they just really did it for me. Headline number one, Mackenzie Be Scott Bezos donates $133.5 million to help keep at-risk kids in school. In two years, she's donated over $8.6 billion. Okay, headline number two, iconic bridge to be dismantled so Jeff Bezos can sail his massive yacht. I mean, you literally can't make this shit up. Mackenzie is here being a gem. Um, we've talked about her on this podcast before. She signed the giving pledge in which she vows to give away, I think, half of her wealth or majority of her wealth um, throughout her lifetime. Meanwhile, according to Vice News, the Dutch city of Rotterdam is going to dismantle its historic, I can't pronounce this guy's Koning Shaven Bridge in order to let Amazon founder Jeff Bezos Y721 super yacht sail through. The vessel, which is being built in the nearby town of, again, can't pronounce this, Alblasoderm, ooh, damn, will be the world's largest sailing super yacht when it's finished. The reports attracted plenty of local anger. This man has earned his money by squeezing staff, evading taxes, and regulations, and now we have to tear down our beautiful national monument, Stephen Lewis, a counselor for the local Green Left Party, said. That is really going a bridge too far. 
<clears throat> a bridge too far dead. Okay. Um, a Facebook group of locals, over 2,000 members, I believe, who are planning to throw rotten eggs at the yacht if this does happen and the yacht gets to sail through. There's this Facebook group. They're going to come. They're going to have their carton of eggs and they're just going to throw it at his yacht. Um, really kind of sad, huh? Uh, one local said that if the city approves the permit to temporarily dismantle the bridge, then they don't have character. Okay, my first question is, so nobody in the building process thought about this like no one stopped and said how are we going to get this yacht to sea it has to pass through this bridge I honestly it's just really bad planning in my opinion and in case anybody is wondering why they have to take this route this is the only route that they can take to get the yacht out of the city that it's being built in into the sea to sail off for the rest of the world this is the only way that the yacht can get there and the bridge is too big so they are going to have to dismantle it um, and it cost him 500 million dollars to build this yacht so he definitely wants this yacht out of there by any means right people are really criticizing him i'm seeing a lot of shit they're eating him alive um and i get it it's a lot to digest especially since he's not everyone's favorite especially since his ex-wife is in the media doing the complete opposite of what he's doing right um it's hard to digest so i get it but let me just offer you a different perspective okay i don't believe that the bridge is being used anymore i think that it's just uh monument um it's not in use so it's not going to cause inconvenience for anybody and they're not going to permanently get rid of the bridge they're just going to dismantle it let this yacht go through and put it back together and it's only going to be like a couple of weeks okay and also if he's willing to pay for the dismantling what is really the problem he's actually going to give money to the city because someone many people have to dismantle it and put it back together sounds like to me there's people working, he's providing some sort of job, maybe it's not what everyone wanted or an ideal, but he's providing work for that city. Also, the yacht that is being built in a nearby city, this is a massive project. And if it goes well, not only is he creating jobs for the yacht building industry in the local city, but maybe now once other billionaires see this yacht, see the incredible work that they did, maybe they'll come back and say, hey, I also want my yacht built by the same company, therefore bringing more business to the nearby city. I think people just read headlines and they don't go beyond that. They don't open the articles. They don't do, you know, the due diligence of doing some research. Um, and it's crazy to me because if people just do a little bit of research, they'll realize it's not really that crazy of a concept. It's not going to inconvenience anyone. It's going to create jobs for people and he's going to pay for it. So it's not as wild as we think that it is. Um, yeah, that's just my take on that. And that's it for Talkworthy. Let's get into dropping gems. In this week's dropping gem segment, I want to talk about how to give and receive advice. This topic is inspired by conversations that are had by people who have absolutely no business giving advice in a topic that they're giving advice in. Um, now, I do... Let me just start out by saying that I don't want to discredit anyone who's trying to give advice on a topic that they might not have experience with, but they do have a perspective on. I don't think that anything is wrong with that as long as the advice is uh, pure, it's intentional, um, and it's wise and thoughtful, and it's not coming from a different place. So I broke it down into two categories, giving advice and receiving advice. Let me start off with giving advice. When you're giving advice, take your personal emotions out of it. Just because you don't like what someone is doing or the topic that you're talking about um, or being treated or whatever it is, just because you don't like the situation and you've had experience in it doesn't mean that you give advice um, from that place, right? 
Um, and experience is the most important thing when giving advice, especially if it's about a topic that you've dealt with. However, your experience might not be the same as someone else's. Just because you got cheated on, cheated on dating an athlete doesn't mean that your friend will also get cheated on dating an athlete, right? It's important to acknowledge that everyone's experience is their own. Everybody's different. Everyone responds differently and um, everyone behaves differently. So you can use your experience to relate to the other person, but um, don't give your advice based on solely your experience uh always take the other person into consideration when you're talking about something or when they're asking you for advice now relatability is understanding um being able to understand someone and understand what someone is going through or what they need is very important you're not trying to fix their problem you're trying to provide a space for them to talk about their problem to share um, and that leads me to the next thing is don't force your opinions or beliefs on other people. Give advice, but don't be too pushy. Don't be too forceful. Um, and oh my God, don't judge. Please don't judge. When somebody is coming out to you for advice, when someone's asking you for advice or you're giving advice to someone, please don't judge. Um, them, don't judge the position that they're in. Just try to give advice from a the best way I could put it is uh, from a Christ-like place. You know what I mean? Remember those places, what would Jesus do? Jesus would not judge. So let's give advice from that place. Let's always give advice from a Christ-like place. And that's the best way I can put it. The next thing is listen. When you're giving advice, listen. Less talking, more listening. Be respectful, be patient. Don't get frustrated when someone doesn't take your advice. Lastly, I really don't recommend giving advice to someone who didn't ask you for it. I don't give advice to anyone who doesn't ask. If someone's sitting there telling me a story, I just nod and I'm like, uh-huh, uh-huh. And like, you know, I'll have a conversation here, here and there. I'll ask some questions back to get a better understanding. But I'm not really going to sit here and give my advice. I actually was in a group conversation with some of my girlfriends and one of our girlfriends was sharing and people just started giving her, you know, their thoughts, their opinions, their advice. But she hadn't asked for it. And I was just sitting there muted, just muted and not saying anything, even though I had plenty of things to say but I'm not going to say anything unless you ask for it. and she gradually got a little frustrated and then you know my friends turned around like say something like, I know you feel this way or say something do you feel this way and I just said you know what my advice wasn't asked for so I don't really want to share it because she didn't ask for it and I really do believe that I have been more cautious I have been really cautious of this throughout my life throughout my friendships is I try not to share or give advice when it hasn't been asked for unless I really know the person or unless I really really feel like they need it or maybe they have a hard time asking or I feel like it's dire and I need to tell them otherwise they might get hurt they might um, do something that um, is harmful to them or the or or somebody else. So those are the only times where I really just kind of overstep and give that advice. But for the most part, I do not give advice to someone who did not ask for it. Nobody wants unwelcomed advice, I promise you. Next, we're going to move on to receiving advice. Let me just say this. It's hard when you're confused or you don't know what to do and you're so, stuck somewhere between listening to your own intuition or your gut and asking other people for advice. Um, I either listen to myself, talk to someone I trust, but really I just pray and somehow God just comes to me. Whether it's like a sign through a person, 
it's you know through my own intuition whatever it is when I pray I receive and um, that for me works best but a lot of people go to others for advice so if you are seeking advice from somebody else here is some advice <laughs> here's some tips for you uh, first of all consider who is giving you the advice does this person have your best interest at heart do they understand you do they understand the situation do they have experience with it that's definitely something to consider and also do what values do they hold what do they believe in who are they right always consider this when you're asking for advice um, then I want to say once you receive this advice don't make any abrupt decisions um, definitely reflect on the advice and maybe ask for a second opinion that's always good um, next take everything everyone says with a grain of salt I beg you please um, everyone is not meant to give advice and you definitely shouldn't value everything everyone says even people that are really close to you people give advice about situations they would never take themselves okay um people also project seriously people project just because you have respect for someone doesn't mean you have to respect their advice or their opinions or place value on their opinions right a lot of people are jaded, a lot of people are in pain, a lot of people are unhappy and they give advice from that place, not from an understanding place. Misery loves company and there are a lot of people who just don't want to see you happy. Um, and you have to decipher if the advice is logical or emotional stemming from one's own positive or negative experiences. Um, and always ask yourself, how does this advice apply to my life? There are people in my life that I love, that I respect, um, but had I listened to their advice, I would be in a completely different place in my life, probably slightly unhappy and a little bit lost, okay? It's not their fault. They're not bad people. Um, their advice is based on their own experience, fear, judgment, whatever it is. And you have to have the understanding for yourself to be able to know the difference. And finally, again, I'm just going to leave it with this. Just listen to God um, or whatever you believe in and um, you will be okay. Let's move on to the final segment, BTS. So like I said in the beginning of this episode, I'm tired, I'm busy, I'm busy, I'm busy. What am I busy doing, you may ask? Let me tell you. So I have had three full days of filming two clients. So I've had, I have two clients who I work with across three days this week. I also, oh, for those of you who don't know, I do content development and production. So I develop content and produce videos um, and direct videos for my clients, whether it's for YouTube. Um, so I did, you know, two YouTube videos for one client this week. And then for another client, I did um, two full days of filming her online courses. She has a lash company and she wants to teach online classes. And we filmed two full days of oh, you know, 20 videos to um, be able to sell online for her students. So I, that's what I do. I do digital uh, content development and production. I also have my podcast. Um, so I'm busy with that. I, I don't just sit down and, you know, turn on a mic. I have to prep. I prep throughout the week. Um, I read things. I watch things to have things for you guys here. So um, my podcast, obviously, and I'm still doing events here and there on the side, which I've been doing, you know, for seven, eight years now. Um, so I do that on the side sometimes. Plus, I'm helping my parents uh, remodel their house and, you know, that landed on my shoulders and it's a huge, huge job and uh, I'm not ready 
to talk about it's hella overwhelming, but I will one day. Um, but I'm doing that. And also I have my boyfriend in his laundry, right? So we have a lot of things going on. Milana is a busy girl and I'm so busy that I didn't know that the Super Bowl <laughs> was coming up and that the Rams had an opportunity to play in it. I decided to buy tickets to go see a Spider-Man movie last Sunday, not realizing that the Rams were playing in a game that could qualify them to play in the Super Bowl. I mean, how out of it am I, right? Um, But this is crazy because, first of all, the Rams are playing in the Super Bowl in their city, in our city. Shout out LA. And they have the opportunity of winning the Super Bowl. And I'm just so happy. Um, I used to watch football every Sunday. I used to go to church and watch football. I'm a Cowboys fan. I've been a Cowboys fan since I was seven. But, you know, by default, I'm also a Rams fan because I'm in LA. They're in LA. That is my second team. So I'm really excited about the Super Bowl. And um, I can't wait to watch the commercials. And yeah, it's lit. We're supporting the Rams, obviously. Um, Let's see. So let's talk about my past week. Aside from being hella busy, I was, you know, fortunate enough after one of my shoots on uh, Thursday to make it out to the Project Pit um, open mic show. Project Pit is a nonprofit organization that puts on shows in Los Angeles. I have done a lot of work in Project with Project Pit um, over the years. I have, you know, planned out and produced some of the shows with them. I have hosted um, a lot of the shows. So I love Project Pit. I love everything that Project Pit does. And the founder, Carlton Epic, is like a family member, one of my dear, dear friends. And um, that's where I got this hoodie from. It says here, artists need bills too. If you're watching YouTube, it's a cute hoodie. I love it. Um, shout out to Project Pit. But my sister, they had an open mic show, and my sister is a poet, and she wanted to... Um, read a poem or perform poetry. I don't know what the proper terminology is, but she wanted to do it and it's it would be her second time um, performing live ever and I have never seen it. I wasn't able to go to the first um, time and it was amazing. Um, she is so talented. You guys follow my little sister at Lolita Rocket. Um, she was so nervous and I caught myself like holding my breath while she was performing the whole time because I was so nervous for her. And I'm like, oh my God, whew, I can breathe now. It's over. She did great. Um, and I thought it was only for my sister, but I realized I do this all the time. I was holding my breath for other performers. I, I hold my breath while I'm watching Cheer and like Navarro's performing their uh, routine and then same thing with Trinity Valley. Like I just like hold my breath and wait and hope that, you know, they don't mess up. I get so nervous for other people, which is really strange. I didn't um, realize this about myself. So last week I talked about um, intimidating machines at the gym. Now that I'm a gym expert, okay, legs only, I want to talk about proper machine etiquette. Um, Some of us are trying to work out, we're in a hurry, and we are moving from machine to machine, right? So what is proper, you know, machine etiquette? In my opinion, it's doing your sets, and sure, you might have to take like 15, 30 second, one minute break in between your sets. You did 15 reps, okay, next. You wait, next. You wait, next. I get that. But the fact that people finish their sets and they're sitting there on the phone in in that machine for five minutes and I'm standing there like waiting to go on the machine and I'm like waiting, waiting, waiting and then they just get up casually and walk away. Like they took their whole five minute break sitting at the machine and I'm over here trying to work out and get the fuck out. So I feel like it's proper machine etiquette to do your sets and get up and go. Another thing is hovering. People love hovering over machines. It's like 
you're waiting, you want to be the next one to go, but like don't be so awkward because now it's putting pressure on me to finish faster. It's annoying. Just kind of be around the machine and you know, kind of make it known that you're next. Like if someone's like eyeing it, make it known, but don't like hover over the machine. It's so awkward. I'm like doing my butt workout. It's like, man, is standing over me trying to like wait for me to get off. Like chill out, pal. Like I'm going to go. Okay. Anyway, come back next week for new, um, for more machine etiquette. I'm sure I'll come up with something. Last week I talked about and this is a follow-up from my last episode. Um, I talked about my friends saying no to pasta in your 30s because, like, it just sits on us and, like, we, you know, gain weight. And it's honestly rude. And they tried to stop me from being great. And I feel them. They're, they want me to be great. But, like, you know, it's kind of stopped me from being great. But I didn't listen to them. I rebelled. My boyfriend and I, we love John and Minnie's pasta. And we decided to try to cook it at home. And we did. We made the spicy fusilli. And we um, made the the caesar is it the caesar yeah it's like the caesar wedge we made the sauce from scratch for that one um and you know heated up the panko crumbs it's actually really really good i'll post some pictures on my instagram story if you guys are interested dm me and i will definitely send you the recipe that we use to make the pasta and the sauce for the gem lettuce i think that's about it for my week i've just been working grinding working out eating 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 um, and now I'm ready for my TV recap. Let's start off with the Tinder Swindler. Now, if you have not watched it, I would just pause or fast forward this um, until I talk about something else because I am going to have some spoilers. If you don't care about spoilers, like I really don't care about spoilers, then keep listening. So first I want to say this. Um, the Tinder Swindler is about, you know, a man who scammed a bunch of people. Uh, I think that when people go into these shows or they hear these stories, they instantly kind of start off with judgment, um, thinking like, oh, these people are stupid. How can you get like swindled or how can you get scammed out of, you know, your money or this or that? I have to tell you, it uh, really could happen to anyone. Maybe not anyone, but it could happen to people that you don't think that it could happen to. It happened to a friend of mine who I never thought that it could happen to, right? She's just like us. She's just like me, right? Um, it happened to her, and I think that it can happen to anyone. So don't judge when you hear these stories. Um, I do plan on having this girl on my podcast if she agrees. Um, in the future, I, I want. I really want to talk about her story. I have a lot of questions for her. But um, in the meantime, let me just uh, talk about the Tinder swindler, okay? Um, first of all, this man pretended to be the son of a billionaire, like a like a diamond tycoon billionaire in Israel okay he's like the son of this billionaire he even photoshopped pictures with this guy like his dad like you know made to make it look very believable it's been estimated that he scammed uh people out of about 10 million dollars um wow basically he was broke broke and just tried to make himself look rich he was always flying private, always posting pictures on Instagram and Tinder of him on private jets, five-star hotels, only wearing brand name clothes, expensive watches, um, was flying and traveling all the time, paid for everything, not only for women, but for his crew. Um, and he was always popping bottles and the first one to pay the tap, okay? But he was doing this with other women's money. Um, he was doing this across Europe, Amsterdam, Germany, London, just etc. He used a fake name, originally got caught, was arrested, went to prison, I think for like three years, came out, changed his name to Simon 
Lavive, Laviv, something like that. Um, and he just created a new life for himself. Um, and he started doing it again on Tinder. And the way he does it is he courts these women, he meets them on Tinder, courts these women for like about a month, right? He's flying them out. He's booking them flights. He's putting them in nice hotels. He's buying them things. Um, and he's like charming and charismatic and he's making them fall in love with him. And um, so he courts them, right? Makes them his girlfriend, tells them that he's deleted the app, tells them that he's deleted Instagram. And then all of a sudden, like a little bit after a month or two or three, things start happening in his life. His you know, the diamond industry gets really dangerous and people are after him or he can't use his credit card. Like he has all these crazy stories and he's asking these women who are now his girlfriends for money. And some of them were like, okay, here's my credit card. And some of them are, and then he's like, no, I need cash. Like, oh, well, I don't have that amount of cash to give you in my savings. So he's like, oh, can you get a loan? Like, I'm going to pay you back. You know, I'm good for it. And honestly, like you don't think anything of it or they don't because one, they're in love. Two, they do think he's good for it because his like email or at least what he's photoshopped it to be is like at the diamond like company's name like it's 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 as if he works he really did work there he that is his dad he is the son of the billionaire also he spent all this money on them he's flown them out they've seen the good life so in their mind he is good for it and he they're just going to give it to him and he's going to give it right back and these women give him like up to $250,000 right and what he's doing while he's like um getting their money from him he's in another country hiding or working or whatever it is but he's using that money to pay for the next girl's courtship for one two three months and living his life that way just scamming women scamming women and kind of getting away with it um and then he'll be like, oh, I sent you a wire transfer with the money. Here's the screenshot. Or he mails them a check or hands them a check. And they, they take it. He says, bye. He hops on a plane, goes to a different country with their money from the loans while they have this check thinking it's cleared or they have this wire transfer thinking, okay, they're good. It's covered. But um, then they have to wait, obviously, a couple of days because it's like a high amount. They have to wait for it to get through. Um, but it never goes through. So and at that point, he's already gone and on a flight um, somewhere else. Now, there's interesting something interesting about this is um, he's not only scammed like women and like romantic partners, he scammed men, not romantic partners, just like men, families um, and friends. Like some of these women were one of them I, that was in the documentary was his friend and he scammed her out of the money. I'm like, I don't think I can see myself giving my friend a man that I've known for less than a year like $140,000. Like, I just don't think I could do that. Like, it, I feel like a romantic partnership is one thing. A boyfriend is one thing. It's like, oh, you think you're going to build your life together with this person? Especially, like, some of these women, they thought that they were going to, like, marry him. Um, so, you know, they're thinking this, and I think that they believe him, and they're going to think, they're thinking they're going to get the money back. So I understand that. But to be a friend who hasn't known him for that long and giving him that amount of money, it is a little bit crazy to me. Um, so yeah, I'm not going to really talk about everything that's happened um, in the documentary, but it is crazy that he gets caught by, you know, or he's outed by these journalists. Um, they do some really good investigative journalism across like three, four countries. They travel, they go to Israel, they go to his, you know, mom's house. I mean, it's, these, these are like the real heroes and it's a really well done documentary. I was surprised. I think that it's because they have all of the conversations via WhatsApp. They have um, voice recordings because he was sending them. They have pictures, they have videos. I mean, you know, these women saved everything. So the documentary is very well done. And we kind of got left off with what's so troubling to me is that 
he was only sentenced to 15 months in Israel. Um, and he only did, I think, five of those months. He's out now. He has a girlfriend. He has a website with a new business. Um, he's still posting on Instagram. And up until like yesterday, he still was able to use Tinder until I guess Tinder got um, a hold of this documentary or got word of this and they kicked him off the app. So this is just crazy that this man did all of this, defrauded so many people and was able to still come out and live his life and only did five months in prison. It's really bizarre. And I can't believe that there's not like international like laws, wire fraud laws or something across these countries that would, you know, make him be in prison longer. I don't maybe if he leaves Israel, then he can get sentenced in another country. He can get arrested in another country, but I don't know why or how he got away with just 5 months. It is wild. I hope that they make a movie out of this. Like I would love to see this dramatized into a movie. Uh, that would be really really cool. And then maybe it'll require them to do more research and get more information, especially about the woman. Okay, one of the women like was his girlfriend and she's like traveling with him on the private jet and there's a baby and another woman and he's like oh yeah this is my kid and my ex and the ex is saying all these nice things about him and then we later find out that she was one of the women that he scammed in his the first time he got arrested so like really confusing and weird weird shit so I would like to know more information about that one okay all right so the next thing I watched is Oh my god, you guys, I was so excited. I literally could cry. The Real Housewives of New Jersey are back. I think they're officially my favorite housewives. I was always back and forth between Beverly Hills, Atlanta, New Jersey, New York. But New York has been really tragic over the past couple of seasons. Um, and Atlanta, well, I don't know because Portia's gone, Nene's gone, and Phaedra just never came back. And I really would love to see Phaedra back. So Atlanta's been kind of slipping for me too. Um, Beverly Hills is good. I do love Beverly Hills. But nobody is better than New Jersey. I have to tell you. They're hilarious. They don't hold back. They're just fascinating, loud. I mean, the husbands really make the franchise. I've always loved the husbands of New Jersey. They really, really, really make this franchise. And of course, Melissa and Joe Gorga, they're my favorite. They've always been my favorite. Um, she's my favorite housewife. He's my favorite house husband. I do just adore them so and lastly I watch the clip of Margaret Joseph's pushing Marty into the pool like four or five times a year and it's funny every single time I love that clip if you haven't seen it google it it is fucking art and Margaret is the forever go for that for giving me that to hold and to have and to love and to laugh and to everything um fucking iconic okay so New Jersey is back new season um so obviously I'm team Gorga anytime there's any any beef with the Gorgas and anyone else Jennifer Aiden has been you know she's not been on my top list not on my top favorite list she and it's interesting to me that this season she's it appears to be centered around her family drama her husband's um infidelity I don't know if it was a while back or what but it's kind of centered around that this season and I do have empathy for Jennifer um I don't think anyone should be you know cheated on um but if this is the reason why she's been so mean 
evil-spirited, mean-spirited, um, just kind of insufferable the past few seasons, the things that she says. If this is the reason why, if this is um, it's because she's not happy, um, if this is the reason why, I get it, but I don't think that it's um, an excuse. I also don't understand why she would go to Turkey to have a plastic, to have plastic surgery on her nose when her husband in New Jersey is literally a plastic surgeon. Um, and yeah, I mean, I'm hoping that the swelling goes down. I don't, I don't know. I don't know if it, if that's what the look that she wanted. Um, yeah, I don't really. I don't want to talk about someone else's physical features. It's not really my thing. Um, I'll just leave it there. Uh, that's all I'm going to say about the nose. So, <clears throat> something is definitely fishy though. Why would you go there when your husband could have done it here in the States? You go to Turkey with a man you've never had an operation with. Anyway, um, the other thing I want to talk about what we got from this uh, episode is Teresa's boyfriend Louis' video was leaked where he was apparently at some sort of healing camp with a bunch of men and he was uh, without a shirt on they all were he was standing in front of like 10 men and he was like apologizing to the camera obviously this video was meant for an ex-girlfriend that he's you know somehow hurt pissed off was um unfaithful to and he's apologizing to her and making all these promises and I think this video was meant for her but it was leaked and now we all have access to it and people are really making a big deal out of it and I have to tell you like yeah it's like a little cringy to watch I get it but I don't know that it's really that bad. I don't think that it's that weird. I think that maybe he was just in a bad place in his life and maybe, you know, this was his way of trying to get this relationship back. He's like, hey, look, I'm going to go to this healing or I don't know what kind of camp this is, where it was, but maybe he said, I'm going to go here and I'm going to make things right and this is my process and that was his process. So I don't think that it should have been made as big of a deal as it was. I do think, though, if he just owns it and just like, yeah, I mean, what? I went to this camp. I went to this retreat, I went to this place, yeah, you know, I was hot, I was uncomfortable, I made a video, I apologize, like, it's leaked, whatever, you just have to own it, the more that you make it awkward, and the more that you try to deny it, or hide from it, or, you know, it just makes it more of a topic for everyone else, so those are my thoughts so far in New Jersey, I'm, the teasers look great for this season, I'm super excited, I watched Real Housewives of OC, just really brief, um, Dr. Jen, I really, you know, she's not like someone I really look for or look for her personal scenes, but I really felt for her this episode, her debilitating pain. Um, it just looked like she was in a lot of pain. And the fact that she tried to reach out to her husband to have this conversation and like kind of just uh, unload on him a little bit or, you know, look for look to him for sympathy as she's saying like, oh yeah, my leg hurts, my leg hurts, my leg hurts. And she didn't really get that support from him. I felt really bad for her. You know, the worst thing in the world is to make a decision to be married and then feel so alone and feel like you don't have anyone when you made that decision to be married and you have a partner. You're supposed to have a partner for life. You should never feel that alone. So that's unfortunate. Um, the other thing I want to say is Noella. Oh, so this beef between her and Heather is just getting really uncomfortable. I think that you know, first I think Heather accusing Noella of giving her daughter pornography maybe is a little, it's a little too, I think pornography is not the right word. I definitely think it was inappropriate, but the pornography, it's not intentional. It's, I don't believe that Noella intentionally gave her daughter those game that game. Maybe, what I do think is like when you're giving a minor something, you have to like read all the fine print. And I feel like somewhere in that fine print, it said 18 and 
and over or explicit content. And I think Noella missed it. So that's really troubling. But I think that she was being so defensive and she just didn't really know how to say sorry. All she should have done is just like eat her shit and say sorry. So that's all I have with um, OC. I want to talk about The Bachelor really quickly. I'm just struggling with Clayton a little bit. I just can't believe that he sent Elizabeth home over Shanae. I actually don't think that I don't know if he has a connection with either of them like that, but I think that Shanae was probably just more interesting for the producers to keep around, or maybe he just liked her more than Elizabeth, but it was surprising that he just kind of took her word over um, Elizabeth's. Now, I don't think that Elizabeth painted a clear enough picture for him. I just feel like if somebody was attacking my character or lying about me, I would go through whatever I need to go through to prove that that person is lying and this is who I really am. If that meant, she said, Clayton, she is lying. Come and ask the same question you're asking me in front of this group of women and see what they say and see what they say about Shanae versus what they say about me. I'm telling you, you have the wrong person here, blah, blah, blah. I feel like she should have painted that picture. Maybe she didn't because she didn't want to play that role. Maybe she didn't because she thought that he would believe her. Maybe she didn't because she thought that like, uh, maybe she didn't like him enough and didn't care to do that. I don't know what it was, but I think that she definitely should have done something more to kind of convince him and I think that he's just I don't know a little like gullible it's a little weird anyway so um that's what I'm going to say so far there's a new episode out tonight um excited just kind of like you know get down on the numbers and really see like who he's building connections with I think that it's looking like so far we have Sarah Susie Teddy Rachel and Serena and Gabby for me um that's where I am with my six. Uh, I'm sure Chanel will be gone soon. I think he'll realize eventually. Uh, the last thing I want to talk about is Euphoria. I haven't watched the latest episode, but um, I just want to talk about the last one um, that I saw. So first, it's unclear if Rue overdosed. It's really hard to watch these episodes of her going back and forth um, with this addiction, but I think she's doing a great job, and I think the show's really portraying and depicting addiction very, very well. And it's just like this emotional roller coaster for her, and honestly, for us to watch as viewers. Um, I think that the scene with Cassie at Maddie's birthday is one of the funniest, most chaotic things I have ever seen. Sydney Sweeney is just killing it this season. She was crying laughing, vomiting, screaming in this jacuzzi. I mean, it's really the best shit. And getting pulled out of it is the best thing I've seen in so long. Um, I, I, my mouth was open the entire time. Um, and then the last person was Cal Jacobs. He had such a great performance and a great monologue um, about his life in this last episode and, you know, about his regrets in his life, his regrets with the kids, his sexuality, um, it just really was well done. Um, that's all. Oh, and Celebrity Big Brother came out. I haven't had time to watch it, but I'm definitely going to catch up on the, the episodes that I missed. Um, it looks like it's going to be a really great season. Lamar Odom is on it. Chris Kirkpatrick from NSYNC. Shannon Mochler, which is Travis um, Barker's ex-wife. Um, and two housewives, Real Housewives are on it. Real Housewives of Atlanta, Cynthia Bailey, and Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, Teddy Mellencamp, and much more. So I'm really excited to watch Big Brother when I have some time. Um, but yeah, that's where I'm at with the... 
TV recap. That's it for this episode. Again, you guys, make sure to subscribe, leave a rating and a review, please, 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 on podcast apps. Just when you're done with this episode, you know, leave a little review. Great episode. Haha. Give it five stars. You can do it. I promise. It's really, really easy. Leave a rating and a review. You know, comment on YouTube. Um, give this video a thumbs up. Follow me at Star Milana. DM me if you have any questions, if you want to talk about anything, if you have any topic ideas. Um, and go Rams. Yeah, really excited for the Super Bowl. Really excited for my city. I hope they win. Um, and that's all that I have. Thank you guys so much for listening. We'll be back next week.